St. George's number one station with Washington County's top talk show. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 92.5 KDXU. Welcome to the program. It is 9.09 on a Monday, but not a normal Monday. It's kind of a different kind of Monday. It's President's Day Monday, and uh, just about everybody I know has a day off. <laughs> but uh, we're working stiffs. And by the way, Michelle Tanner is with me today. Hi, Michelle. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me on this President's you Day. You look fantastic. I'm happy to be always. working on President's yeah, Day. If I can exactly. be on the radio anyway, right? <laughs> Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for coming in uh, today. And, and uh, you know, I, I know you're someone that loves the historical part of our country and, and, and the great presidents that we, we've had in years past. And you even teased me. You said you have a cool quote for me. Is that right? Yeah. So I brought in one of my favorite books. It's called The Miracle of America, Birth of a Nation. So if anyone has not read this, pick it up. It's actually a great one for the family. I Who's the author? It is written by William S. Norton and Brian Trotter. Okay. So great one for the family. We'll go through at my house and we'll read. We've been through it a few times already. So it's been a while since we've read it at my house, but we'll read a story each night to my kids and they love it. And it teaches them about the foundation of this country and the miracle that America is. So many little things had to happen for us to have what we have. And they did. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So in honor of George Washington, I'll just read the first little part, if you'll uh, allow me to anyway, take a few minutes here. So we mutually pledge to each other, our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor. The men who signed the Declaration of Independence had no illusions about the consequences of signing that document. They knew full well what they risked and how much they pledged when they, with a firm reliance on God, put their names to the document with faith proclaimed, we are and of right ought to be free. On July 2nd, 1776, Washington had recently been appointed commanding general, sent a stirring communication to his men that the time for commitment had arrived. The Americans could no longer suffer complacently under Britain's tyrannical rule. Unbeknown to the general... On the very day Congress had voted unanimously in favor of a resolution for independence. And this is a quote directly from George Washington. The time is now near at hand, which must be must determine whether Americans are to be free men or slaves, whether they are to have any property they can call their own. The fate of unborn millions will now depend under God on the courage and conduct of this army. I just love that. He was willing to sacrifice, I mean, all the founders, really, but on in honor of George Washington, really everything, their lives, yeah. their fortune, and sacred honor for us so that we could be here. And, and George Washington, first of all, he was the only president who was unanimously elected. Every single delegate uh, voted for George Washington. Uh, and he's a guy, they, want, they actually uh, came to him and said, we want to make you the new king. Uh, of America, he said, "No, no, no, we don't. We don't need a king in America. We need a president." Exactly. So great man. Yeah. The great power man. of liberty and freedom that they understood so clearly. 
One of our presidents, uh, former presidents, Jimmy Carter, is on hospice now, probably will pass away in the next little while. Uh, he was president in the 70s. And uh, uh, really, you know, I, I don't want to pick on a guy who was down, but he didn't do much as president. And, uh, but he was immediately followed by Ronald Reagan, which mm-hmm. uh, – I don't. I think I told you before. I got to visit the Ronald Reagan Library when I was out in California last time. It was just an amazing. You forget how much Ronald Reagan did for this country and yeah. how committed he was. How how proud he was to be an American. You know, uh, I think there are people now. Even I mean, as we sit here today, there are people. I don't want. I don't. I think America is terrible. I think it's a bad place. I don't like it here. And uh, you know, Ronald Reagan was was not that way. He's like, I love America. I love the freedom of America. I love what it represents, and what it can be. Now, it isn't always that way, but it can be uh, something great always. Yeah. Well, us. and the so. problem is, is we're not teaching this stuff to our kids, especially yeah. not in our education system. They did a poll recently, and young people. It was up to like seventy, eighty percent of young people think, "Oh, yeah, we don't need the Constitution anymore." Hmm. I yeah. mean, that is a crime against humanity right there. Got to educate our young people about this. Good to have Michelle Tanner here on President's Day. Michelle, I'm not going to lie. I had a few people say... Uh, text me and say, I'm so excited. Michelle Tanner's going to be on today. Oh, well, you're like, you're like hey, a rock star. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks. I don't know about that, but I sure appreciate all of the support. We have such an amazing community here. We do. We amazing. Do. Rocks. Do you play guitar or sing or anything? You, you know? know, I wish I was a singer. That's like <laughs> my dream job to be, you know, yeah. a rock star singer. I have a terrible voice, but my son, I'm trying to live through him. He plays the guitar. Oh, He's already. amazing. He's, only nine, He's right? only nine and he can rock that guitar man he's awesome yeah very dedicated very cool cool. well uh last night on tnt they're covering the all-star game and a couple of the big talking heads former stars shaquille o'neal and uh, charles barkley get on the uh on the air and they say you know i'm kind of bored utah is a boring place salt lake city the the whole state it's just this is a boring place And uh, my in my mind, as I'm hearing him say that, I'm going, so what they're saying is there's nowhere to go out and get wasted, right? <laughs> but, uh, and at the same time, I'm thinking, like, when I told you this, same same thought is, that's actually a compliment. If those guys think Utah is boring, that's a good thing. I definitely take that as a compliment, for sure. You know what? Stay in your, your big city, your, your mm-hmm. nightlife, your crazy life. We will keep our family-friendly environment here in Utah. I am totally fine with being boring. Yeah, boring is boring can be good. Uh, being nice is actually a good thing. I think nice nowadays, if you're nice, people are, oh, he's just a nice person. That's not good. <laughs> nice is good. Yeah. Right? In, in, in the right context anyway. Uh, but something you said a little while ago to me is it's time, though, to stop being too nice and, and start standing up for what's right. Tell, tell us about yeah. your, your thoughts on that a little bit. That's kind of the line for me. I mean, we do have such a culture here, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us grew up being taught to, you know, we're kind, we turn the other cheek, sure. contention of us is of the devil, right? That's, yeah. a, that's something I've heard a lot growing up here. <laughs> but we are to a point where we do have to use our voice when it comes to standing up for truth truth, standing on principle, we can no longer remain silent. You know, we talk about the silent majority. And actually, my campaign slogan was silence in the face of tyranny is dangerous. We are past the point in this country of honestly worrying about who we're offending or losing our jobs or our business. We were talking a little bit 
off air earlier about what it's like for me to run a business while also not always having everyone be my friend. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> at the end of the day, I can sleep at night because I know that I'm standing up for truth. I'm standing on principle and I'm doing the right thing. And really nothing can can compete with that at the end of the day. Money there's more to life than money, I guess, yeah. is what I'm yeah. trying to say. And we've got to be that voice. Well, I like the, the idea of a clear conscience. To, yes. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people who make a lot of money who maybe it doesn't bother them, maybe it does, but it should, uh, don't have a clear conscience at, at the end of the day. They know they got the money in a, in a way, ill-gotten booty, as they say. <laughs> got the money in a way that is not, not necessarily ethical or right. And uh, so I'll, I like that you've stepped forward and said, look, uh, we've all... We've always done things this way. That's not necessarily the right way. Let's make sure we do things the right way, not the way it's always been done. I had a boss here once, Michelle, who came in. Uh, he came in and he, and he wrote on the chalkboard, very first staff meeting with this new boss, and he wrote on the staff meeting. He said, uh, if I ask you why you do something and your answer is because that's the way it's always been done, that's immediately wrong, and that's a pockmark on you, and it's going to go on your record. He said, that, that is not a reason for right. doing something because it's always been done that way. Amen. Yeah, I think that sometimes people aren't used to people asking questions, you know, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about city government, right? That's one area where I do hear a lot, this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. This is just how we're going to do it. Well, let's ask some questions. Let's look and make sure that we are doing it the best way possible for the people, right? There's nothing wrong with asking the question, and it needs to be done. We'll open it up to phone calls here in a little while, but we want to talk a little bit about, uh, to that end, uh, budget and and why things, do things need to change? What needs to change? Why they need to change? Michelle, um, let's let's talk about the budget a little bit and uh, what needs to change. Do things need to change? Is it okay the way it is? You know, I'm actually really looking forward to this year's budget because Mm -hmm. really for the first time in history, I think that we are doing our budget differently than what's been done, at least for the last several Mm. years, which I see as a great thing because my focus has always been with the budget prioritization. We have to look at, yes, we have all of these, you know, things as a municipality that we're doing and we're using taxpayer dollars for, but what's our top priorities? And that's really what got under my skin so much of this last budget session was we were putting out messaging to the public of, hey, we cannot pay our public safety what they need to be paid without taxing you. But in the same breath, we're increasing other areas of government that same year by 34%. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Isn't public safety the top of our priority list? Shouldn't we fund this first and then see what's left over for some of these less important items? Not that everything doesn't have some importance. Of course it does. But we have to put really those top priorities of public safety, infrastructure, our water infrastructure, updating our outdated infrastructure, our sewer lines. So there's all of these things, our streets, our roadways, our traffic, all of that, that we have to look at first and then, you know, come down the line and see what other things we have that money left over for and while keeping government within its proper role. So we actually had a recent um, budget retreat session here. I guess it's been almost two weeks ago now Mm -hmm. uh, where we actually brought in a consultant 
And it was great. We actually, rather than having city staff, the unelected bureaucrats, and that's not to insult city staff. I think city staff is amazing. Uh, You know, we couldn't do our jobs without them, right? So not trying to undermine them. But at the end of the day, when we talk about government, it's we the people who should be running the government. And we the people elect representatives to elect us, which is the legislative body of the city, the city council. So when we look at the budget, we should be looking at what are the priorities of the people and those we represent. So what is the council's priority? And then city staff should then execute that vision, not the opposite. It shouldn't be city staff coming to council and saying, this is what we want to do. We need your rubber stamp of approval. I I thought, you know, and this is old news, but that truth and taxation hearing, I thought it was so interesting because uh, not only were, it's funny, you get up and you have to say your piece of what is your priority. And a lot of people were afraid to say, you know, Let's fix money, and we we want public safety be, to be the number one priority, and then the, and then you know they would hear, well, yeah, well, well, we'll you know we'll take some other money for that, or we'll tax you for that, and I think a lot of people were afraid to say it, but what they really were saying was, let's pay them first, let's do this yes. first, and then we'll we'll you know maybe if you have to raise taxes for new pickleball courts or for a trail or for whatever, then we can deal with that when we get there. Right. Instead, it was kind of packaged. We have to have the money, the tax hike, in order to pay these people. And and uh, I think you were good at, at helping. It was funny how the room changed when, when, that, when that hearing started. You were the only one voting against it. Mm-hmm. And by the end, there was only one voting for it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the writing was on the wall. Yeah. And that was an amazing testament to me of... That's what happens when we, the people, show up. Mm-hmm. It is vital that people are showing up to their local community meetings. We get so sidetracked and focused sometimes on what's happening at the national level sure. and all the drama that's you know brought in through mainstream media, when really we have very little control over that. What we yeah. do have control over is what happens here locally. Mm-hmm. And showing up to those meetings, I can tell you now as an elected official, the mood, the feeling, it shifts. It matters. Yeah. In the room. And the way people vote changes based off of who's showing up to those meetings and the feeling in the room of what the people want. So it's vital. It is the, is the um, how do I word this? So I always felt like you're going to vote a certain way because that's who you are and that's what you do. That some of the others that changed their votes, uh, I almost felt like they were changing their votes because they saw if people see me vote this way, they won't vote for me next time around. Is that a valid reason for changing a vote, do you think, for some of the other city councilmen or county commissioners or whoever? So, I mean, obviously I can only speak for myself, but sure. you're correct in that. I always try to make my vote based off of principle. Everything mm-hmm. has to get filtered through on what is the proper role of government? Should government be involved in this? You know, what are the my core principles on this particular issue? So my votes don't sway a whole lot, but that doesn't mean I'm not open-minded to hear all differing sides and perspectives because it could change possibly. Um, unfortunately, I do think that there are people in all levels of government that are really swayed by that public pressure. Um, you know, I call it playing politics, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. what looks most favorable for me in the moment. And that's what I'm going to do. And that is unfortunate because it's really important that we have elected representatives who have a backbone because you're always going to have 
loud groups, you know, differing groups throughout the community that might be pressuring elected officials to do a certain thing. And it might not be that that's the right thing. And it might not be within the government's role to even do that. So we really, really need to hold our representatives accountable to have a backbone to stand up for those principles. There was uh, years ago uh, when they first uh, announced where they were going to put the airport and everything, there was all this talk about, well, some of the city council or some of the, the bureaucrats, some of the people involved in the city, they, they bought land out there, and this is all convoluted. And, and so, so how important is it that you, everything is above board? How important is it that people understand? I mean, it, it would be easy for a city council person to buy land somewhere and then all of a sudden approve, oh, there's a new shopping center going over there or whatever. It, it seems like to me this is something it's important that we know where everybody's coming from because those backdoor deals are, are scary. Yeah, transparency is really, really key. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there's ever a potential conflict of interest, an elected official has the duty, the obligation, responsibility to recuse themselves from that situation, whatever that vote may be. So, you know, that's really what I always aim for in government is, hey, let's have everything out in the open. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, actually something that is going to be a positive change in the spirit of transparency within the city is now we are going to have in an open public meeting, we are going to be able to discuss as elected representatives future agenda items of what we want put onto an agenda, because that's always been a concern for me as far as transparency is traditionally in our city, the mayor and the city manager controls the agenda of what actually gets on to a city council meetings agenda Agenda, for us to discuss. Well, now I've really pushed for this, that we as a city council, considering it's our meeting, right? It's a city council meeting. We should really be controlling that agenda and be able to publicly say, hey, I've had several citizens come to me with this issue I would like this placed on a future agenda and be able to say that publicly so the people know in the spirit of transparency that we are advocating, we are discussing, we do want these items put on an agenda for discussion. How hard is it for you to differentiate between, I mean, there's that vocal minority. There are people that are going to come to you, the, the squeaky wheels, so to speak, right, and say things that maybe aren't as much in general purpose, general interest as, as most of the citizenry. So how hard is it for you to filter those voices out? Because there, you know, there's going to be someone say, you know, my street out there and so and so has had potholes on it for you know for whatever, and they're going to be loud. And they're, I mean, it seems like to me what, that would be a hard part of your job is trying to filter out the uh, the loud ones versus the ones that are really representing a lot of people. Yeah, that's true. And again, it it comes back to prioritizing. And actually, I think this is where my background in the medical field, you know, I worked in emergency medicine for Mm -hmm. 10 years. And that's a big part of emergency medicine is you are constantly triaging. What's the most vital issue? What do I need to address first? What can wait a few minutes? Because a person screaming loudest doesn't mean they're the ones that need. Exactly. You know, what's the most threatening issue here? Mm -hmm. And so that actually that skill set has done well now in public office to be Hmm. able to determine, okay, what needs to be addressed first? What's the most pressing, you know, priority issue here? So that's how I try to look at it. But I do believe that 
everyone deserves a voice. So I'm always open, even if people, you know, adamantly disagree with me. In fact, when we have open public comment, which is the first Thursday of every month at 5 p.m. at Town Hall, City Hall. So come to that if you want to give public comment. And I embrace people having vastly different opinions from me. In fact, I've even had people stand up there and tell me how much they hate me, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. And I've really? actually told them that, you know, you have that right as a citizen to address your grievances. And, hey, I might adamantly disagree and feel like that's totally not justified, right? Yeah. But people deserve to be heard. What uh, Now, as we look at the city budget, what are some of the things that really concern you moving forward with St. George City uh, are, are are is some of the money going to the wrong place do we are you going to try to move some stuff and 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 make people understand that some of the money's in the wrong spot so i think what's vital is back to that prioritizing we first have to look at public safety public safety that's and the number one role of government right it is Keep and safe. and actually we did a little poll amongst the city council members, the five members, and we all said that that was the top public safety and infrastructure. And so that's what we are going to be looking at first, um, this budget cycle and making sure that's properly funded. And, you know, I was an advocate of that five-year public safety plan and making sure that we do fund the things needed within that plan. We were able to give all of our public safety personnel raises, which was Mm -hmm. much needed. Have to. Um, We're not going to leave. Yeah, exactly. We've got to take care of our employees. And if anyone, right, deserves it, they're putting their lives on the line Mm -hmm. and they are helping to secure. In fact, I taught my son's fourth grade class a little constitution course this last week, which I absolutely loved. But one thing I stressed to them is I held up the constitution. I said, this right here, your rights don't come from this. Your rights are unalienable, which means you were born with them. No one can take them away from you. This right here, This is because government is to protect those rights. Mm -hmm. And that's what our men and women in uniform are doing. They're out there protecting our life, our liberty, our property. So that's budget priority number one. I am dedicated to make sure that they are properly funded. However, we have to do that. Um, And then looking at those big capital projects that, of course, are vital to this area with our roadways, making sure traffic can flow properly, our water infrastructure. So really, we've got to look at those things first. And that's not to say that we don't have amazing parks and trails. We also have to maintain our current infrastructure, Mm -hmm. which includes our parks and trails. So that's also very important as well. All right, we're going to get a break in. When we come back, we'll let you call and talk with uh, with me and with Michelle and uh, get your opinion and thoughts on things. Uh, also take text lines at 435-467-5842. Our phone line, if you want to dial it up and get ready to go, is 435, and then it's 673-5890. 673-5890. Michelle, hang around a little bit, and we'll take some calls. Compelling guests, hot topics, the latest news, always on the Andy Griffin Show. Is there a juicy part in it for me? Right here on News Radio 890, 92.5, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. All right, the words they've used to describe Michelle Tanner sometimes are troublemaker, rabble rouser, rebel. Some of those words you're not allowed to say on the air, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think when you hear something like that? You know, I actually was very prepared for that over the last, what, now three years, because being a medical professional, when I started speaking out early on against mandates, 
that was so unpopular. Mm. I was called every name in the book for just simply standing up and saying, hey, it's not ethical to mandate or constitutional for that matter to mandate this on people. And I was very public about that stance. And so going through what I went through with that and, you know, even to the point of being terminated from the emergency department here for being so vocal, that really prepared me for some of the names I've been called now being in public (laughs) office. So I will say though, the 90% has been absolutely phenomenal. They have been so supportive. Good. I'm constantly getting, you know, kind messages and, you know, keep fighting, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for being my voice. And so those are really what carry me through. And of course, my faith, of course, nice. and my family. Um, but it is always hard because it's like you get the nine positive messages and then the one really hateful message. And then you tend to focus on the one that's just kind of human nature. So yeah. there's been some hard hard messages, some vicious attacks, some unfortunate threats. Mm. Uh, but also I feel very blessed that I'm able to be here that's and cool. I can have a thick skin and handle it. I had uh, a wise old radio guy once told me, uh, he said, never get too high when they compliment you. Never get too low when they uh, insult you it, great, because both, both will come. And right. you start believing some of the hype of how great you are, and then your head gets big, and then mm-hmm. and then someone comes along and tells you you're terrible or awful or whatever, and then you start believing that, and you're like, okay, I need to probably find somewhere in the middle right. to float along and do my thing. Yeah, so. and that's why it's so important that we have that confidence within ourselves, that yeah. we are finding our source not through people, but through a higher power, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, that's what I have to focus on is who am I fearing more? Am I fearing man or am I fearing God? And that's really what gets me through with my sanity at this point. Well said. Well said. I agree with you. Uh, I got a text here. Please ask Michelle Tanner what her plans are this year as she serves on the board of canvassers. Yeah, you know what? I just found out that I am on the board of canvassers, which is kind of exciting. It means, in fact, it's the entire city council with this election cycle. We have three um, city council members up for re-election this year. And that is... That is Danielle Larkin, mm-hmm. Jimmy Hughes, and Greg MacArthur. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Is, as it, is part, it every two years for them, or is it four? So our terms are four years, okay. but elections come every other year. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, yeah, as part of that, um, on the board of canvassers, we are responsible for essentially certifying the election to make sure that it's done to our satisfaction. So it'll be interesting because I will say one of the top issues that I hear from Washington County residents is concerns over election integrity. And I feel like no matter where we as elected representatives fall on that, whether we think that they are 100% on the up and up and we trust them fully, or if you know we're on the other side of it and mm-hmm. don't trust any of it, it's our responsibility to help restore that public trust. And so anything that we can be doing as elected representatives to restore that trust, I am totally on board with. Okay, cool. Very cool. Uh, We're talking with Michelle Tanner today. The phone number, if you want to call into the show, is 673-5890. Of course, that's 435 area code, 673-5890. Also taking texts on the show. Uh, Somebody called you a firebrand. 
That, that's better than a rebel rouser. <laughs> All right. Rouse. Troublemaker. A firebrand. I, I like, like that. it. Huh? I guess I, I don't even know the origin of that word, but it, I guess it means something like, a, uh, I don't know, firebrand would be like on, a, on a, a Mustang and a herd of horses, right? Firing things up. Right. And getting things I'll going. take I, it. I don't know. Maybe I guess I need to do some research on that word. But uh, I've been I think called it's worse. A, so I think I'll it's a good it. thing. Yeah. I think it's a good take thing. Take it as a compliment. So, uh, where do you see St. George in five years, 10 years, 15 years, uh, as far as uh, a community? I mean, the, the projections they have growth-wise are mind-blowing. They, yeah. I mean, they, they're saying by 20, what was it, 2050 or 70 or something, we're going to have a half a million people in this in this town, in, I, or at least in this county. That's hard for me to believe. Do you see that happening? Yeah, and actually, what I found surprising, I just found out recently, St. George City, because I know the county, we have a lot of room to expand, mm-hmm. but St. George City, we are only one-third of um, grown out right now. Really? So we still have two-thirds to go, which wow. actually really surprised me because it feels like we're landlocked and already building in all sorts of crazy weird spots because the good land is already gone. Yeah. But no, we still have two thirds left. So kind of interesting. You know, I think water could be the limiting factor on that. That's always something that we have to be looking at and making sure that we have proper water to sustain the people who are already here. That's priority. So, I mean, that'll be interesting. I I do support a free market, though, so I don't like government coming in and and saying, no, you can't do this or no, you can't move here. So there's definitely that, that balancing act. I think it's vital, though, that as we do grow, that we are still maintaining the integrity, the values, the community values here, because, you know, growth aside, Nothing can replace the values that you have as a community. So I really hope that we stand firm in, you know, having that integrity to stand up for those community values, regardless of how big this area becomes. A lot of people will say, though, with growth comes, you know, gangs and drugs and uh, counterculture lifestyles. Mm -hmm. That's a nice way of saying things like drag shows and things like that. Uh, Those are inevitable. Would you say those are inevitable? I think it depends. I think that's why, A, it is important that we are constantly making sure that we have correct public safety, not this defund the police narrative, right? Yeah. So supporting our public safety, because we have amazing officers that do help. I mean, you look at the homelessness here, you wouldn't really know it because we do take care of it so well as a city. Um, so I think as long as we can stay on top of those things with making sure that we are properly funded with our public safety and also elect people who will be a strong voice for those values. In fact, actually, I found it really interesting. I'm going to actually pull it up here really quick. I came across from this is back from uh, Dan MacArthur mayor days a resolution that the city of St. George passed, which I think is very applicable today. Uh, It's just a couple short paragraphs here. So again, passed by the city of St. George, a resolution, whereas the city of St. George has a vested interest in promoting the health, safety, and welfare of the children of the community. Mm -hmm. And whereas the businesses within the city of St. George have voluntarily adhered to a standard that protects children from viewing sexually explicit and objectionable material and 
Whereas the city of St. George wishes to gratefully acknowledge the voluntary efforts of the businesses in the community to uphold a community standard. And whereas the city of St. George wishes to encourage existing and new businesses to continue to voluntarily protect children from sexually explicit and inappropriate material for the welfare of our children. Protect the kids. Amen. And, and that was Dan MacArthur. So that was Dan uh, MacArthur signed by Mayor Dan MacArthur. Yep, this was actually in 2005. But how applicable today yeah. that we should be maintaining these values, community standards. Mm-hmm. So as we grow, that's another big part of my goal. This is a very special area, and I will protect it. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Greg is on line one. What's up, Greg? You there? Oh, he went on hold. Let's try The again. Wi-Fi went off, honey. Okay, are you there? Greg, are you there? Oh, hey, guys. Yeah, How hey, what's up, Greg? Up? Thanks for calling Hi, in. Hey, You're Greg. Welcome. All right, Michelle, Whoa. been a long time. What's on right. your mind today? Well, uh, quickly, I you know, last couple meetings I've attended, our mayor has been more of a ruler than a server, and... Especially, let's see, last three times. She's been missing in action, so to speak, has not been present. So I guess it came to mind is what would happen if the mayor was incapable of serving, stepped away? Is there a chain of command there? What would the city do? And uh, naturally, I'm going to be praying for our mayor, but she just seems angry. I don't know if it's health issues. I just wish she would smile more at us. So that's kind of my question. Yeah, that's a good question as far as chain of command. If the mayor were to step down, I think it would go, I have to look for sure, you know, during a term, but I think that it would go to an appointed position. I think the council would appoint a temporary mayor until a a general election by the people could be held, so is my it understanding. It wouldn't be necessarily a seniority thing or anything like that. It would just no, be No, I think it would be an appointment until the, the general election cycle. If I recall, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who is currently on the council or anything like that no. either, right? Mm-mm. It could be anyone. Right. So John Pike or Dan MacArthur or whoever. Right. Michelle Tanner, maybe. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> you, you never know about that. But I, I do, uh, you know, it's interesting as you look at different campaigns and concerns for the city. Uh, and I would mention uh, Dan MacArthur, I thought, was a wonderful mayor. He did such a good job. And he had kind of a reputation. If you wore a tie during his meetings, he would cut it off with scissors. <laughs> it's really, just really fun. And, you know, he engaged the people a lot. And I, I just really enjoyed him. But the one big concern, which was a big election, was uh, animal control and the, uh, I call it dog pound, but I guess it's uh, not, they don't use that term anymore. Uh, so since it's not in the prime scope of things anymore, how's that running up there, Michelle? Do you know anything much about uh, how our animal yeah. control place is doing? I know it's something that is constantly in need. In fact, I just was having mm. this conversation with um, one of our officers because it feels like for a time there was talk about moving it out, you know, near, 
you know, and having it be more part of the county and have a, you know, animal program with the inmates out at Purgatory. So I was like, whatever happened to that plan? I don't know whatever happened to that plan. So right now, I think it's in better shape than, you know, what it was when that kind of blew up during that election between MacArthur and Pike. But I know it's a situation that's constantly in need of reassessing and, you know, trying to figure out the best way to to manage some of these animals. So any ideas, let us know, Greg. I, uh, by the way, I looked up Firebrand. Uh, mm. I Googled it because that's what every good American does. Yeah, of Google course. Firebrand Google is a, a person who is passionate about a particular cause, typically inciting change and taking radical action. It comes from Middle English, which uh, combines the words fasten your seatbelts, fire and brand. All right. So you're a firebrand. Way to go. All right. I'll take it. Just got a text. Uh, Michelle, you've been leading the effort to protect children from adult content in public places. What is the status of legislature authorizing cities to enact ordinances to protect children? Yeah, so there is actually a bill that is going to committee tomorrow uh, at the state legislature that you know, very simply just to help cities with protecting children Mm -hmm. um, from adult content. So I guess stand by regarding the status of that, because that's at the at the Capitol right now. But I certainly support anything that's going to help protect children. That's the most important thing we can really be doing as a society. They are the future. And, you know, we look at these staggering increases of suicide in youth and we have all time high levels of anxiety and depression in children. A big part of that's social media. Get your kids off of social media and those smartphones, of course. But it's also this direct assault on them to constantly be exposing them to adult behaviors and adult topics. We have to stop with that. Let's protect their innocence. You know, uh, I had someone say, well, you know, they're an adult. They can do whatever they want. They can have a drag show. They can act however they want and they can do this. But in, in my mind, I'm like, look, whether they profess to believe this or not, they, they do market to young people. Uh, if you're a a 16-year-old guy or, or, or a 17-year-old girl, and you see something provocative and interesting, uh, it doesn't matter that they say they're for adults only. You're kind of interested in that. You want to see what it's about. You, you want to go you know, check it out. And uh, I think, and, and correct me if, if you disagree, but I think it's up to us to still protect them. Even though they're 16, that is not an adult. Right. And, you know, we had rules in my house for 16-year-olds versus 15-year-olds versus 17-year-olds, right. going steady, stuff like that, staying out too late. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and it's, it's our job as parents, as leaders Absolutely. in the community to make sure these kids are still protected. They think they know everything at 16, but they mm-hmm. don't. And children are so impressionable. I think about my nine-year-old all the time, mm-hmm. and he wants to be a professional football player. And guess yeah. what? He wants to be that because... Those are the types of things he's been exposed to. He's been exposed to role models who are college football players. Mm -hmm. You know, we watch college football in our house all of the time. It's what we talk about it. And you think of on the flip side, if we were constantly exposing him to other things, if we were constantly playing HBO drag shows in our home and talking about, do you really want to be a boy? Maybe you're a girl. Oh, you Mm -hmm. want to wear pink today? Maybe you're a girl. Children are impressionable. 
that could change the entire trajectory of his life if those are the role models we are exposing him to. So to pretend like there is no threat to children by exposing them to these adult behaviors, and I don't care who you are, and I don't know who needs to hear this, but is not a constitutionally protected right for a grown man to wear his mother's lingerie and high heels and gyrate in front of your child. Sorry, that's not a constitutionally protected right. So we really, really need to hold the line in making sure that we are doing everything we can to protect children in these areas. And it's not a far stretch. I mean, just like you mentioned, Andy, You know, you can't go get a tattoo until you're, what, 18. You can't go into a bar until you're 21. You can't get a driver's license until you're 16. There's all of these things that we know are in place because minors' brains, they're not fully developed. That frontal lobe, that critical thinking capacity, it's just not there until they get into their 20s. So we have that responsibility. Andy Griffith said back on the Andy Griffith Show, uh, a kid's going to go after every shiny bobble they see. Yeah. Because it's fascinating and interesting. Not knowing that, it could be their downfall. So, all right, we've got to take a quick commercial break. More phone calls after this. Running short on time on the show. Let's go right to the phone lines. First of all, line three is Mark, I believe. Mark, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, fire away. What's on your mind? Yes, um, I'd like to ask Michelle to elaborate a little bit on what she talked about earlier about prioritizing government services, but she also talked about the proper role of uh, city government, and I'd like her to ag- um, elaborate a little bit. Uh, the proper role, according to her founding fathers, was to protect only, protect life, liberty, and property, and uh, not practice socialism, uh, Marxism, uh, what Hitler used, uh, owning uh, businesses, regulating businesses as of their, the city council is currently doing. So my question is, you know, we're, I'm talking about things like subsidizing billion-dollar uh, airlines like uh, SkyWest and uh, running uh, theater, owning theaters and running golf courses and so forth. So my uh, statement, a question to her, does she first agree that's not a proper role of government? Secondly, about what can we do to sell them off or at least, um, uh, uh, well, selling them off is the ultimate. And if you sell them off and there's revenue coming uh, back to the city, what about using that revenue to re- lower taxes and return it to the people where it came from? Okay. Michelle? Yeah, Mark, all great points. I mean, absolutely, as far as proper role of government, I agree that is to protect the life, liberty, and property of our citizens, right? So definitely agree with that. I am actually glad you brought up things like private business because that's something that's been a passion of mine with getting government out of competing with the private sector, right? Yeah. And and golf is a big part of that. I know it's a sacred cow here in Southern Utah. <laughs> and so I in no way, shape, or form am anti-golf or suggesting by any way we go and you know destroy the golf courses. Not at all. I think golf is great and there's a lot of economic benefit and you know the open space is great but there's ways that we can look as a city there's actually companies out there who specialize in going in and purchasing municipal golf courses and making them nicer and taking that burden off of the taxpayer so i do think we should be looking at avenues to like you're saying mark make sure government is staying within its proper role she's michelle tanner council meeting this thursday right Yep, every Thursday. Okay, thank you, Michelle, for coming on today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Happy President's Day.